0: Welcome to the Gravity Podcast, where we host conversations on developing a Christian spirituality rooted in love that fosters resilient faith in everyday life.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Gravity Podcast.
2: Hi. Hey, hey. I Hi, just ben. shoveled 7,242 scoops of snow.
1: Did you count them? <laughs>
2: No, scoops. that's totally an exaggeration. <laughs> it just feels like that.
1: Maybe yeah. snowflakes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Scoops. How y'all doing? Uh, it's kind of funny. It's funny for me to think of them as scoops. Scoops of snow.
2: Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> feels like scoops of snow. Yeah. Just heavy. Little, scoops. Yeah, no, little scoops. No, no, they're big. Yeah. They're heavy. Yeah, I know.
1: Uh, that's that's what I think. I think that's why it's funny. So I, I know what it's like to shovel snow, and calling them scoops is like, well, that's not really fair to you, Christy. Cute. Yeah, it is, cute. it is cute.
0: Chrissy, you asked how so. I'm doing, and I really appreciate that. How are um, you? I? I'm feeling pretty good.
2: Okay, it's good. Yeah, feeling I
1: pretty good. I uh, I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but I think I might I, I either have to stop smoking uh, a pack of cigarettes a day, <laughs> or <laughs> mm. or I am uh, I got a little respiratory something or other. Um, so anyway, I'll try not to cough on you.
2: Yeah, I don't um, want to catch
1: but, it. But yeah, I just you know it's like a yeah. I'm hopeful that it's uh, it blows over, but it is affecting how I sound. Yeah. But I, you know, it's it's the kind of effect that is like it's good for radio, right?
2: Yes, very. <laughs> seems, deep. Like a,
1: seems like it. Seems like it. Nice, nice baritone voice. So good for podcasting. Good for podcasting uh, slash radio. Uh, um, speaking
0: speaking of podcasting, Ben, we've got a a new podcast we're launching on our Gravity Community. Yes, and a new and a new monthly like class. Do you want to? Tell yeah. me
2: more. Tell me more. Why don't you, why don't you tell Christy
1: <laughs> about it? <laughs> I, I will. I'll tell Christy about it. And then, um, yeah, we can go from there. I um, So it is part of our Gravity community. Um, so a lot of you listeners are signed up for that. But if you're not, uh, there's, there's a link in the show notes. But you can just go to gravitycommons.com community to sign up. It's free to sign up. Um, but we are also going to start offering some uh, perks for paid subscribers and one of those is going to be an additional podcast. We're calling it the After Party Podcast. Um, and we're calling it that because uh, you know how when you have a gathering of people? Um, we just had one on Wednesday night. We had our table group. We had a whole bunch of people over. Um, well, I mean, you know, it's like 30 people over. Uh, but then like oftentimes after most people leave the party, there's sometimes a few people who hang out. And these aren't the ones necessarily who you don't want to hang out. I mean, we've all had that happen, right? <laughs> but um, but the ones, you know, like close friends, people who they don't need to get kids to bed right away or whatever, and, and you right. hang out and you maybe have another drink and you maybe you go a little bit deeper. You yeah. talk a little bit more personally, um, a little bit more vulnerably. So we're calling it that because that's the idea of that podcast, that it's not, a, it's not for public consumption. It's for our community that uh, we've kind of curated, people who want to um, be part of contributing to uh, what we're calling now the Gravity Commons. Mm -hmm. And so joining that community as a paid subscriber gives you access to that. And so uh, next, actually this Friday, I guess as this um, podcast comes out, this Friday, February 2nd, is going to be the first episode of a new series on that podcast where we're going to talk about our history a little bit, Um, the history of gravity. we We've, we've made allusions to dealing with um, toxic leadership, to kind of narcissistic, abusive uh, kinds of um, organizations and people that we've encountered in the past that have been deeply formative for us um, as an organization. And so we yeah. want to talk about that um, in a little bit more detail, not to kind of just share salacious details, but um, but to serve Uh, I think to serve other people who may be in or have gone through similar kinds of experiences Mm -hmm. because it can be crazy making to go through something like that and feel like you're the crazy one uh, for having a problem with it. So we want to talk in ways that are helpful for folks um, uh, on that level. So we're starting that series uh, and then we're going to, you know, we're going to go from there and uh, talk through kind of the shifts and the changes that, Uh, gravity has made, um, including changing our name from gravity leadership to gravity commons, but there's a whole host of factors that go into that, that we want to talk in more detail about. So that's one thing we're doing starts on Friday. Um, we'd love to have you join that community so you can be part of those conversations. And then we're starting the monthly classes as well. Matt, do you want to talk a little bit about those?
0: Yeah. Starting in March on Monday evenings, we're going to do once a month, uh, gathering like 75 minutes. And we're going to talk through a, a bunch of, uh, Theological topics, things like uh, complementarianism, things like penal substitutionary atonement, things mm-hmm. like um, the pro-life movement, like you know, things that you can really bring the entire family together at the holidays. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, things, things that, oh, things that that are sometimes really hard to talk about because they trigger a lot of feels for a lot of people that I think are are sticking points or hurdles or obstacles for a lot of us. There are things that maybe we d- have never heard of and need to learn about. There are things maybe that we used to believe and don't believe anymore. But we're going to mm. we're gonna have a class where we're going to walk through how a lot of these things have been shaped by modern concerns and more recent sort of uh, cultural movements. Yeah. And we're going to look at church history. We're going to look at the scriptures. Bring your Bible. And we're going <laughs> to talk about uh, what? How do we think about these things today? Right. Yeah. So, um, there's a list of like eleven topics we're curating. More, we're gonna talk about hell, yeah. uh, all this stuff. Right. Yeah. Uh, biblical manhood and womanhood. Yeah. All these things that I think are can be difficult or tense or even divisive. We're gonna yeah. try to have a a very calm, pointed conversation about them, and I think I'm super excited about it.
2: Yeah. It's gonna be good. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And the theme—the theme that draws a lot of those together—is that these are all topics; these are all um, theological beliefs or doctrines that we assumed were part of like the ancient Christian faith, like they've always been part of you know Christian faith, but actually self-evident learned. or something. Yeah, yeah. But we learned that they were actually fairly modern inventions, um, and so it doesn't necessarily make them all wrong because they're recent, but it does. Uh, take away the authority of the claim that, oh, this is what Christians have always believed because for most of those things, it's just not true.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: so anyway, it's been Anyhow. a helpful, helpful learning for us that we want to share with you all. And again, that is uh, for paid subscribers to the Gravity community. There's a link in the show notes, but you can go to gravitycommons.com slash community to sign up. I hope that many of you will.
0: Yeah, many of you already there. So join us over there. Today, Thanks. today, we're talking to Matt and Kathy about loving disagreement. Yeah, um, We recorded this several months ago before our, while we were doing our Bible series and we finally get to bring it to you. This is a great book. It actually, it dovetails really well about this class we're going to start and how do we actually, what, what do we actually, how do we actually disagree? Well, mm-hmm. how do we disagree without the disagreement becoming sin? Yeah, And Matt and Kathy talk about, uh, Ways to disagree, ways to talk, ways to have uh different thoughts. But also like maybe there's some things we it's okay to disagree on. And then there's maybe some things that we can disagree on and we have to move away from each other over. And how do we discern that? Um, you know, I'm still I still remember when Matt asked Kathy to be on the podcast with him, and he she tells a story coming up, and Kathy like interviewed Matt and this other white dude, and she was like all right, well, tell me about what it's going to like be like being an Asian lady with a couple of white dudes on this podcast. Mm-hmm. And, and she, uh, I, I love Kathy's forthrightness and her, um, her incisive question. And they tell that story in this podcast. And it's part of being able to talk about delicate things or sensitive things in direct and calm ways uh, is desperately needed. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, Matt and Kathy have a lot to offer us.
2: Yeah. All we right. have a lot to learn there. Yeah. Totally. Not we.
0: <laughs> no, I do. I do too. <laughs> I mean, yes. Well, we, I mean like in this too. little
2: group. Yeah. I feel like yeah. I feel like we disagree pretty well. But I mean like in my yeah. life I have that. Yeah. That uh, shows up. So it's gonna yes. be good.
1: Yeah. Right. Let's get into it. Yeah, let's do it.
0: Kathy Kong and Matt Michaladas join us today on the Gravity Podcast. Kathy is a writer, speaker, and yoga teacher. She's contributed to More Than Serving Tea and Voices of Lament and, as well, has authored Raise Your Voice, which we chatted with Kathy about a couple years ago. Uh, Matt is an author, screenwriter, and speaker. He's the uh, author of Journey to Love and the young adult fantasy series, The Sunlit Lands. He has written for Today.com, Time Magazine, Relevant, Nature, Writers' Digest, and Daily Science Fiction. Kathy and Matt co-host a podcast together called The Fascinating Podcast and have co-authored a new book entitled Loving Disagreement, Fighting for Community Through the Fruit of the Spirit. Kathy and Matt, welcome to the podcast.
3: Thanks. Thank you. So glad to be here.
0: Yeah. It's great to have you, Matt. Good to finally meet you. Kathy, uh, it's good to talk with you again.
2: Um, And I love the green behind you. I mean, our listeners aren't going to be able to like, you know, they can't see it. But she's got this amazing, (laughs) perfect green color wall. And I love it. Mm. Yes. It's a happy green. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
0: um, we were chatting before uh, this that Matt, you and Kathy haven't actually ever been in person together. You actually mentioned that in your book as well. Um, So tell us, how did you meet? Uh, Matt, and then Kathy, maybe after that, uh, you can tell us how did the idea for this book come about?
3: Yeah, so we have met now because we recorded the audiobook for this book together, but it was already written. We got flown out to a little recording studio. Well, I got flown out. Kathy drove herself. Drove.
0: Out. Wow. Uh,
3: and yeah, we spent a day together recording the audio book, which was just delightful. But we met online, like so many people do. Uh, And became friends because uh, my podcast, which at the time had three white guys on it, me and J.R. Forresteros and Clay Morgan, were thinking like, wow, we're just like every other podcast. What if we had a woman or a person of color on this podcast? And we made a list and Kathy was at the top of it of people we'd want to talk to and invite. Mm -hmm. And so we reached out to Kathy and we had a big conversation about whether that was good or wise, or if we just wanted a token voice, or what we wanted, uh, and then Kathy joined us, and now we get people all the time telling us, "I've listened to every episode of your podcast since Kathy came," uh, <laughs> which uh, is correct. That's the right way to do it. Mm. So yeah, and then we've just been—we've just become good friends over over the last few years.
0: Mm. Cool, Kathy. What was the uh, how? How how did you figure out you could trust Matt? You know. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, you know, it was in that initial, the conversations around the podcast years ago. So when I was approached by um, the three of them, I only really knew our other co-host, Jr. Foresteros and only knew him online. And so it was, it was a lot of questions around, okay. so why do three white guys suddenly think that they need to rebrand after having a successful podcast? Um, what other... Uh, you know, who are the other relationships um, that you have with people of color? What are the conversations that you've had? Um, how do we make sure that I'm not your token voice here? Because I am really amazing and check off two of those boxes, both a woman and a person of color. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, what do you think uh, is missing in your conversations as three white men in the areas of uh you know, in the topics that you're talking about? And how is that a disservice to your listeners? So um, I asked hard questions, and they didn't flinch, which I really appreciated. And and they were very honest. They were like, ooh, hadn't thought about that one. Or like, oh, yeah, actually, we've thought about this. And so, um, you know, I, I would say, from the get go, my conversations with Matt and my other co-hosts um, proved to be the kind of Good, hard, but important conversations that I hope will continue to happen with more frequency, especially in the Christian space.
2: Yeah, mm. you know, Kathy, you know, I co-host with with Ben and Matt, and I have found that one of the, I think, the biggest things is their posture of humility mm-hmm. um, in conversations, and just being able to say. Either I was wrong, or I didn't know that, or tell me more. And um, anyway, I I hear you kind of kind of implying some of that as you communicate this. And so I just want to say yes, yes to that. Um, I experienced that too here at Gravity. So that's great. Um, you guys in in the intro talk about something that we chat in our uh, podcast podcast quite a bit, and that is just that the church in the West seems to be more polarized and divided than ever before. And so I wonder if before we talk about loving disagreement, um, (laughs) what are some of the ways of, of trying to address this conflict that you've seen or, or participated in that have been unhelpful?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this podcast. Yeah. Let's do that. Mm. Um, Yeah. There's so many. I think the one that I have really been, concerned about so much lately are the like outraged theologians so these are theologians that their audience is built around making everyone angry about other people's bad theology or bad positions or bad politics and it is a good way to build an audience it works um but if it's not done with the right heart what it becomes is a way to condemn others and not a way for us as a community to be transformed. It's very different than what I see as like more like activist theologians who are saying, here's a horrible theology that we must repair so that we as a community can move forward toward Jesus. Um, But yeah, that concerns me a lot because it's, it's a really cynical way to do theology and to build a community because it does build community. It just builds a broken community. Um, so, yeah, that's one that I'm very concerned about. There's multiple others. I'm sure Kathy has a couple others off the top of her head.
4: <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about at all. There's so little <laughs> okay, conflict in the Tell world
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> and in the Christian world. You know, um, though I, I might push back a little bit, Christy. I don't know if it is worse now than ever before, I think it's that we know how bad it is and Mm -hmm. we can feel it and hear about it and share it um, 24-7 around the world constantly. Um, Because if we look at scripture, ooh, that's a big mess, like like from front to back. (laughs) There's just a lot of conflict, a lot of, you know, Blessing others to go on their merry way and do ministry in a different way. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just that now we can tweet about it live, to, you know, in uh, tweet about it live and right. bring we're others aware to. Of it. Yeah, we're aware of it. And then, like you said, Matt, this, um, the outrage theologians, it's, It isn't a bringing awareness and saying, Oh, we need to do something about this. It's, Oh, let's bring awareness and condemn this other person Mm -hmm. and pile on. Yeah. And, Mm -hmm. um, and I, I will say, as somebody who has been on the side of bringing issues to the forefront and using social media to do that, I know that I have been accused of that, right? Like, Oh, you're drawing all this attention. You should go to that person. Personally. <laughs> and I'm always like, how does one reach out to a mega pastor, mega church pastor, and talk with them personally? Right. So I think um, those are the types of disagreements that I think we are more aware of and unsure how to handle yeah. because missteps are happening publicly in a space. That is supposed to even out power in a little bit, but it isn't.
2: We'll be right back.
0: Let's get back to the show. Kathy, you tell a story in your previous book about that, that, that staff meeting you were in when mm-hmm. you spoke up. And you broke yes. you broke some unwritten, unspoken rules. And, and one of the things you name in your introduction is how we confuse civility mm-hmm. for, for uh, things being okay. Yes. And uh, could you talk a little bit, Kathy, about why civility or niceness or politeness isn't the goal here?
4: Yeah, because it's such a low bar. <laughs> I think being polite... And nice uh, on the surface is such a low bar for humanity, but I would say specifically people of faith and much more specifically Christians, that the idea is to not say what's on our hearts and minds to keep the status quo and not actually get to the root of our disagreements is so unchristlike. Mm-hmm. And so that's why civility like that that's just such a low bar. I mean, there's no other way to put it. Like really, that's yeah. all we want.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, the reason why your story came to mind that you tell in the other book, Kathy, is because oftentimes supremacy cultures—let's just say, like, like patriarchy or white supremacy—they um, work on the uh, assumption that people who are not white or not men will be civil. Yes. And and so civility then becomes sort of the cudgel of the privileged yeah. against against any protest or any opposition or any pushing back against what is injustice. Um, yeah. I don't know Mac if you want to speak to that at all. Because I, I do think civility there's nothing wrong with like for instance, we're all taking turns here. Mm-hmm. No one's talking <laughs> over no one's talking over somebody. No one's being uh, rude. Like there is a politeness here that's mm-hmm. happening, but that's different than what we're talking about, yeah?
3: Well, for sure. Politeness is all about social norms. Right. And at the core of politeness is, is the idea of do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. Right. And we start getting into the more like outside, like as we go deeper into it and we get more detailed, it's like, I'd really rather you used a salad fork than a regular fork for your salad. (laughs) You know, those sorts of things. And that's, that's politeness. That's civility. Yeah. Um, But you're exactly right. Civility is weaponized to protect the status quo. Uh, often. And, and this is why Christians are not called to civility, because by definition, we are not called to the status quo. We are called to transform the status quo and move us toward peace, move us toward the kingdom. And what that means often is being in conflict with people in power and authority or, or wealth uh, or privilege and uh, being against the empire, right? And that is something that I think we lose a lot of times because people are so focused on, but you said that in a way that was not polite. And, and then on the flip side, we're like, you are literally killing impoverished people. Yes. So wh- which conversation shall we have first? That I'm being impolite or that you're killing poor people? Like, mm-hmm. where shall we start? And they'll be like, of course, we should talk about politeness first. It's very strange. Uh, and it's not its not a kingdom value. It's not the way Christians should be engaging. That we go like, okay, let's not be polite. That's okay. Let's throw that out and let's talk about the poverty thing. Yeah. Um, if we can accomplish it through politeness, which I can accomplish so much more through politeness than Kathy can, because I'm a white guy and I'm given respect mm-hmm. uh, and I'm given authority in relationship and conversations that Kathy doesn't get as a default. She mm-hmm. has to earn it. So uh, there have been times where Kathy and I have been in a situation together and I said, oh, please allow me to deal with this with politeness and I'll go take care of it, right? And that's fine. But Kathy may not have gotten the same result doing the same thing.
2: Yeah. yeah. One response to disunity in the church I hear some saying is kind of, why do you keep highlighting our differences? We're all one in Christ. Um, <laughs> any, <laughs> oh, great. Uh, any work of how to overcome that the polarization must start with laying down our our different identities, right? It, that divide us: uh, male and female, white and Asian, mm, um, right. and claim our commonalities in Christ. H- how do you respond to that? <laughs> well, I mean,
4: sorry for smiling and laughing.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> first, it's it's always so fascinating to me when that argument is brought up. Um, within the context of the church, and really in the context of evangelicalism, where Matt and I both have a lot of past ministry experience, and it's like, okay, well, then then women can preach. You you right. cool with that, right? Because there's no difference. Oh no no no. I mean, not like <laughs> that. That's not what we mean, right? Like it's so. Time. Oh. So, what do you mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and so it it I, I always go back to this idea that unity does not mean uniformity. Yeah, We are not the same. Mm-hmm. And that's the beauty of God's creation. There we don't have one kind of flower. We don't have one kind of animal. We don't have one color green. There is this diversity which makes our coming together so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it saddens me when it is within the context of the church where there is this conversation and desire to flatten everything into same yeah. without, without actually wanting to work on policies within the church or in the government that would treat everyone the same. Mm-hmm. So that's how I approach it. Is sure we can talk about unity. Can we talk about policy? Oh, you don't want to do that. Okay, well then let's talk about theology. Oh, you don't mean that. So what? What do? You, what do you mean? And usually that's where the conversation kind of falls apart.
0: Yeah, yeah, Kathy. I'm I'm thinking about even the way that you approach joining the podcast that my, Matt invited you into. Um, it was really important for you to get an acknowledgement for Matt and the other guys that they understood the challenges that difference would bring, and and to ascertain to the best of your ability, are these guys up for that challenge? Right,
4: right. Can we I can think, we name it? Can we name it? Yeah. Yeah. I
3: mean, if I recall correctly, Kathy, you also reached out to some mutual friends you and I had and did some research. So, Mm -hmm. part of the way we built trust was by you going to people that you trusted and say, can I trust Matt? So, there was Mm -hmm. a a community track record that was a piece of it, too, which is valuable. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's really helpful. uh, You've decided in this book Um, assuming this was a decision, to organize each chapter around one of the fruit of the Spirit, or one of the attributes of the fruit of the Spirit. And so, uh, can you talk a little bit big picture for a moment? What was the impetus behind that? What's the significance of the fruit of the Spirit organizing a book on how to disagree in love?
3: Yeah, we uh, so originally, actually, we were approached and asked to write a book on civility, And as we discussed it together, realized that we had no interest in writing a book on civility (laughs) and thought it was counterproductive to to Christians in disagreement. Um, What we love about this passage is it starts by talking about, you know, in these disagreements, we're seeing it's clear you're not connected to God because there's dissension, discord, you you know, uh, hatred, anger. Uh, And that's not what it should look like. It should look like this. And then starts listing the fruit of the spirit and just could not get out of the way of the fact that the first description matched the vast majority of disagreement we were seeing in Christendom and that we are like, we as a community need this message, but I think we as individuals need it too. And that has been, as we've been diving into these attributes and the fruit of the spirit, there have been multiple times where Kathy or I have texted each other and said, oh, why did God make us write this book? Now we have to live by it, you know?
2: Uh,
3: which, which is is beautiful and good and, and sometimes frustrating. But uh, we realized that the bar we were targeting, we're like, we were civil, hooray. It was like, oh, did you not see that other bar that's 20 feet up instead of two inches? And you're like, oh, that's the one we're meant to be jumping over. Okay. It's a really different, uh, really different thing to be targeting. Yeah.
2: Kathy, you write one of your chapters about love and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we suffer in the English language a bit because we have one word <laughs> for love. You know, I say, right. I love you to my husband. I also say, right. I love University of Michigan football. I just had to get a shout <laughs> oh, out. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> 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 I assume that was
3: about the football. Yeah.
4: Okay. Yes, yeah. Go Northwestern. <laughs>
3: no, no. Disagreement. Right.
2: <laughs> um, but can you double-click on that a little bit? Like, how how our English language does us a bit dirty here?
4: Yeah, It well, you know, like you said, the word is used in so many different ways and different contexts that um, it's very easy to confuse the expression of that and how it's supposed to be received. And so I can love pizza, but it certainly should not be the same way. I love my family. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes it does because you know, family. <laughs> but, but um, I think that, that is why uh, there was also the invitation for both Matt and I to kind of dig into um original text, original language, kind of do a little digging, do a little learning and realize things like, oh, you know, there are multiple words here for love and it's all translated the same for us here in English. And and it's really easy to forget that the Bible was not written in English, <laughs> Right. And right. So, even that is helping us think outside of our context. Um, And so, yeah, love is definitely one of those areas where I think we as English speakers um, really ought to pause and think about the limitations of language and the uh, various expressions that we have adopted even within the church of that word. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and too often the word love does mean something akin to just being nice, being polite. And I think um, that that can't possibly contain everything the New Testament, just taking the New Testament, everything the New Testament says about love, you can't just replace it with uh, nice, you you know, but that's often what it gets reduced to.
4: Yeah. Right. Or like, Um, like a lot. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Like or nice. Yeah. 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 Matt, Matt, similarly, you you write the chapter on peace, and uh, let me say this real quick. Uh, You know, I co-authored a book where the two of us each wrote the chapter together, and you've written this book where each of you uh, write the chapter. It seems rather independent of the other, and then at the end of the chapter, you have a dialogue about it. Yeah. Um. Let me, let me just ask you, how did that idea come? And gosh, it was so freaking great. Like, <laughs> Thanks. No, it really Yay! was because, because because I felt like, um, you know, Kathy, you got to respond to what Matt said, the things that surprised you, the things that caught your attention. And then Matt had to like interact with your experience of his writing. And I, I don't know, it just it was such a generative idea. I wonder who came up with that and were you pleased with how that how that worked out.
3: Yeah. I think one of the big things is we were trying to figure out a way that we could co-write the book without losing our individual voices. Uh, because part of the point was that even in yeah. the places we agree, we come there from different places. We get there by different routes. So we didn't want to write a book where we were saying, um, I parentheses, Matt live near Portland, Oregon, right? Um, where we we're putting our voices together. Yeah. And, 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 yeah, so we we pretty quickly said, let's split up the chapters so we can preserve our voices. Um, but then we were like, we're losing this piece, this interactive piece, and we're talking about being in conversation. So we experimented with different ideas, like maybe we'll have sidebars. Uh, but what we eventually came to was trying to push it toward actual conversation, interacting with each other's ideas. Um, yeah, which... I think what's delightful about it is that sometimes the conversation at the end goes a really different place than I thought it would. um, And it feels like you're hanging out with us instead of being lectured to by us, which I I think is preferable myself. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's, that's helpful. Because I did appreciate the way, well, maybe I can ask this question now then as you wrote the book together, Mm -hmm. was there any loving disagreement Meaning, was there something, uh, Matt, that Kathy said, or a way that Mm. Kathy, the way that Matt wanted to frame something or talk about something that you actually had to overcome and work through?
3: Yes, in the sense that um, I think Kathy and I have, that that different approach question is one that we may come to a similar endpoint on a variety of things, but the way we get there is so different, it can make the other one feel uncomfortable, I think sometimes. Uh, So I think the way Kathy and I, because of our relationship, part of how we express that was not through direct conflict but through uh, curiosity, right? To ask each other, is this how you meant to say this? Could you tell me more about this? Uh, Which would allow the other person to actually share their position more fully rather than being like, I absolutely disagree with how you stated that. Let's get in a fight. which mm. I think, as we move into deeper relationship, hopefully we move toward these more generous ways. I'm much more interested in knowing what Kathy thinks than in disagreeing with what Kathy thinks. If that makes sense,
0: mm. that seems kind of patient and kind. <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs>
2: okay, I hate conflict. Like I have a
3: I love conflict like
2: <laughs> I, like you're guys gonna need to school me because conflict is really uncomfortable for me, yeah, um, yeah. and so I'm just wondering if you can give me one or two helpful ways to kind of reframe conflict and, and navigate conflict yeah. in a more faithful way, yeah. <sighs> Well, you
4: know, Matt, your question about, you know, did Matt and I ever disagree in the writing? And I think we did, but how that disagreement or that conflict looks is different than what you expect it to look like, right? Um, I think we have become so used to conflict being... That like I disagree with you, the pointing of fingers, or are you a Christian, or th- that kind of um, adversarial, heated expression of conflict, and what you will see in you know the at the end of every chapter is that questioning of each other, of this like oh well you know when I hear this this is how I feel can you explain um, or. Uh, I, I distinctly remember Matt writing something like, Well, this is probably not gonna go where you think it's gonna go. And my response is, Nope, it went exactly where I thought. <laughs> right like <laughs> Right. And, and, was that about
3: race, Kathy? I feel like it, it was about I, race. <laughs>
4: I think it was probably about pizza. <laughs>
3: <And we laughs> you are in Chicago. See, There's strong feelings pizza. I am in Chicago,
4: pizza. and I'm and I'm kind of hungry. So, um, so I think that that's the thing is that um, there there is a way to address conflict without avoiding it. There is a way to diffuse conflict to encourage understanding, mm-hmm. and that is to ask questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think for me, I don't I don't particularly enjoy conflict. I think people think of me as not being afraid of conflict, and I think that's part of it. Is for for Christy, you and others who are like ah, conflict, anything to get out of it is I like to have a toolkit of questions mm. that I am going to ask of the other person.
2: Yeah,
4: one that gives me a chance to slow down to self-regulate, to take a breath um, and to really listen so that I don't assume something of the other person. And then when that person responds, you know, like in that back and forth with Matt and it went exactly where I thought it would, (laughs) then we can continue because we're at least on that point and understanding. So that, that is what I tend to do is ask, like, oh, so what do you mean by that? Help me understand. Oh, you said something that I found surprising. Mm -hmm. Um, To slow things down when it doesn't have to be, you know, like type in those characters and hit enter. Right,
2: right. And maybe I should clarify. I do hate conflict, but I think I'm not afraid of it. I just, mm-hmm. the, I, it's so uncomfortable. I mean, I will, mm-hmm. I will ask questions. And actually, one of my professors was like, the power of taking a drink of water in the midst of conflict, right? Somebody <laughs> says something mm-hmm. and you just like pick up your glass of water and take a drink to, mm-hmm. to slow it down, just like what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have a go-to question that you often ask in the midst of conflict? If something catches you really <laughs> off guard, like what's your mm-hmm. go-to question?
4: Yeah, um, it will be, when you said that, what were you feeling? Hmm. Hmm. And um, part of that is um, my experience in white evangelical spaces is that we're always thinking. Yeah. And we are very much in our heads. Um, it's a lot about knowledge and uh I am not, uh, I'm not dumb, (laughs) but my bent is very in tune with my emotions, my feelings, my body. And uh, so that gives me a chance to take a beat Mm -hmm. and invites the other person to enter into a different headspace. Um, Because sometimes when we're entering into conflict, we are bringing our weapons. Mm -hmm. And again, in faith spaces, a lot of it is like, I have this Bible verse. (laughs) Don't you know this is what God says, blah, 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 blah. And we forget when you look at even the fruit of the Spirit, there is a lot of feeling of understanding what does love not only look like, but in our bodies, what does that feel like? So that that usually is my go-to question.
2: Ooh, this is so good. We could talk about this for hours. Cause this is like <laughs> this is what my, my dissertation is for, for my doctorate degree is on oh, wow. emotions and on like how do we navigate yes. these things. Anyway, wow. um oh, so yeah. good. So good. Yeah. And as women, right?
4: We we get dinged for our emotions. Yes. Yes, we do. We're told we're too emotional. And so another go to thing I do is um, when I get uh, anxious. And um, emotional, I cry. Mm-hmm. And so I have learned, I have learned to stop and to tell people I know my tears might make you uncomfortable or confuse you, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean that I have stopped thinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it means that my mind and body are connected. Yes. And this is an expression of my frustration and exhaustion. Mm. But my brain is still here.
2: Kathy is so right? good. Because so good. <laughs>
4: So we can talk offline, <laughs> but yes, that's, that's kind of my, my go-to.
3: Christy, mm-hmm. I, I would just say also, I mean, Kathy has so much wisdom and insight, and I'm sure you do too. You're literally getting your doctorate on this topic. Um, I, I do not like conflict either, unless you in some way are threatening or harming someone I care about, and then I will burn down your house. Right. Like, it becomes completely unreasonable. <laughs> I'll go to full-on destruction. Uh, in fact, my kids told me, like, when we're in school, we didn't always tell you what was going on because we knew you would be down here in the principal's office, like, getting people fired. Um, but I think what I've been coming to recognize is the generosity of disagreement in the sense that part of what that has meant in my past is that when I've disagreed with someone, I've just let them continue and not let them know who I am. Mm. Uh, That it's something that I go, well, that's Mm. unimportant. And so I'm not going to reveal myself to you because I don't want to fight you um, without recognizing that I could reveal myself and refuse to fight. That's another option. Um, And that doesn't mean there won't be conflict. Um, So, like, uh, I'm not a Calvinist, for instance. So, I was with a guy a few weeks ago, and we were connecting and talking about Jesus and spiritual things. He goes, you're reformed, aren't you? And I just started laughing. I was like, no, not at all. Uh, But I love what you're saying about mysticism and connecting with Jesus. And he was very confused. Like, he was ready to just, like, well, let me tell you about the solas. And I was like, why are there five of them? I thought it was sola. Um, You know, but that's not where we went. We... Instead, we just, like, focused again on these beautiful, like, enormous things that we already agree on. Like, and he knew where I fell theologically without it being this giant thing. So, I don't know. That's what I've been working on. It's just being honest with what I think, even when I'm afraid it's going to lead to conflict. And now, a word from a sponsor.
0: The Gravity Podcast is sponsored by the Gravity Formation Course, a 12-month cohort-based training in practical spiritual formation, where you'll learn to notice how God is already at work in your life so you can participate more fully in the life God shares with us. It's a discipleship process that goes beyond just gaining more knowledge and trying some new practices. In the Gravity Formation Course, we go below the surface of our lives, so we can notice and name our deepest desires in God's presence and discern how God is at work in those desires to lead us toward holistic flourishing, more transformation, more life, more joy, more love. We've trained hundreds of people from all over the world in this formation framework, and it has helped many to have a sense of God at work in their lives and learn to be more at home in God's love. If you'd like to learn more, Go to gravitycommons.com slash formation.
1: All right, let's get back into our conversation.
0: Maybe this is a good point. I wanted to ask this and I wasn't sure where it would fit, but maybe it fits here. And if it doesn't, we'll do it anyway. Um, right. there, there's disagreements <laughs> like the ref- you're reformed. No, I'm not. But let's talk about Jesus and connecting with him and experiencing yeah. him. Right. Like, Great. there's disagreements that we can bear and just hold the tension and, and all this. And then there's disagreements of, um, <laughs> you know, to, to bring up an example, Kathy, that uh, was public. Hey, you're using yellow face and you're a white man. Uh, there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Yes, there is. No, there isn't. Okay, let's yeah, just, sure. let's just so, 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 like, if the first disagreement, we can bear with it together, we can make space for each other. The second disagreement, yeah. I, I don't think, is in that category. How do you discern the disagreements that must divide us, mm. That, mm. that must divide us, and the disagreements that shouldn't? Oh, that's a or good question. don't have to. How do
4: that's you discern good. that? When the disagreement risks the humanity of others, mm-hmm. especially a group that you do not belong to, then for me, that often is the line where I say, huh, maybe this isn't the place for me. Right? Like you can have those opinions and that theological framework, but I am going to continue to do the work to say, huh, you're wrong. (laughs) And here's why. Or help you understand you being like the royal you, groups of people (laughs) who disagree on those types of issues can I help educate a few to a moment where they go, oh, I did not realize that's what we were doing. That would be a win to stay. Yes. Um, But there is no requirement to stay. I think that I have found that sometimes the way I put it is that is not my fight. I can't mm. fight it alone, so I don't have a community fighting with me on this, with this person or this institution, I'm going to have to let it go. Cuz it, it's I, it's not healthy.
0: Sorry. Yes, can yeah. I can I clarify Kathy and make sure I'm hearing you right? Yeah. So there's there's there is um when somebody's calling evil good and mm-hmm. it's harming people, you you, you yeah. probably should leave. If yeah. then that's the first category. The second category then is if they can actually acknowledge the evil they were calling good is evil, that's mm-hmm. a good, that's a win. Yes. But maybe they don't know how to live in the good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe, maybe just acknowledging that how I'm living, speaking, doing is evil doesn't mean they know the things that make for peace. Right. That's also a, a place where you can say, I'm not called to um, walk alongside you as you inflict more unintentional wounds on me right that's not my fight is that what you're saying
4: yes that is exactly what i'm saying and and yeah. there are some people who are called to do the whole thing yeah and blessed are those peacemakers yes um yeah. and uh and i have been in situations where i have felt very much i will see this through <laughs> I will see this argument, this, um, this case of yellow face through to as far as the leaders on the other side will allow me to be on a part of the conversation. And then when that door closes, I'm not going to keep banging on the door because I've learned that's not my invitation from God. Mm-hmm. For others, it may be. And so what I do with that is I take that lesson, I try to distill it into something, I hold on to it, maybe I'll write a book, maybe I'll write a blog post, um, uh, and maybe there's a lesson in it for me as well to then reflect and go, oh, you know what, I should have done it this way. Or I didn't listen to so-and-so and and I could have approached it this way. So again... um, Even in the context of the book, Matt and I wrote this not as experts who have landed in the three points that you should all follow so that you can find success in fruit of the spirit, and then by this curriculum. Thank you very much. That's not it. It is, we write this as practitioners who even now are like, oh, I do not want to be kind. I want to be as vicious and awful in my words as I possibly can be.
0: Yeah, Matt, you have other thoughts to uh, add to that?
3: Yeah, I, I think Kathy, of course, uh, is right because uh, I agree with her. Now, I, I do think that second <laughs> point, that last point that Kathy was making about, I think we're sometimes called to different things in these positions. There are some of us in the body of Christ who are called to people who say that evil is good, that that is who we are. We're meant to be out there with those people in relationship with them saying, hey, you're doing harm to people intentionally or unintentionally. You can be changed. You don't have to be this person. Um, It's usually not someone who's being directly harmed by that person, but sometimes it is. Um, I think that the idea of the, the dividing line that there is a difference in the way we interact with people who are causing harm is absolutely true. Um, and that there are times where I'm not the one being harmed. So, if someone's saying, um, women are not made in the image of God, which people say all the time in other words, mm-hmm. um, that may not be the best place for every woman to interact with that person, but it could be a place that I can wade into yes. without any direct damage being done to me. Yes, Uh, And that's actually a beautiful and good thing. Um, So, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense, Matt. And maybe since you brought up, like, this gender thing, obviously, I want to press into this a little bit. Uh, Sure. um, You know, Matt, you wrote the chapter on gentleness. Mm -hmm. And I think me thinking about that characteristic, gentleness, as a white Mm -hmm. man with a modicum of power in the West, (laughs) that hits me different than yeah. than maybe an Asian woman, sure. And how that word gentleness, what what how that's gendered and racialized for them. Yeah, uh, I'm wondering. Absolutely, I'm wondering, Matt, if you and Kathy had that conversation, and then Kathy, as as you read what Matt wrote, what what sorts of how would you have written that differently, or what else what else can you bring to the table about gentleness? Interesting. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, yeah, so the definition I used for gentleness was the idea that gentleness is about knowing your strength and the fragility or strength of the world around you, right? Gentleness means that we're uh, able to, to know if we're breaking things uh, or, or how much stronger we need to be. And there are times where for me to be gentle, given the amount of my social location, my gender, my privilege, whatever... That I have to be more careful in how I say something so that I don't break something. And Kathy has to be stronger to get to the result she wants in the same exact situation. Um, so I think that's the thing that really concerns me about gentleness and kindness and things that aren't part of the fruit of spirit like compassion is that there are messages right now coming out through people in the church saying these are things to be discarded that are not part of godliness, yeah. and it's deeply, deeply concerning. It's a fundamental misunderstanding of what it means to follow Jesus. Um, yeah, so th- that's that's where I went. Did We didn't, I don't think on any of these topics we discussed it first, because part of the fun was having the other person go to their corner and write it and then you get the delight in your inbox of like, oh, this is interesting. Yeah. And getting, so we didn't talk through any of these beforehand, I don't think, other than I don't want this one, will you please write? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we, we had that discussion. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Kathy, what do you think?
4: Um, I, I think uh, I did a little bit of this in my chapter with self-control, and it's yeah. helping readers who are not, women who are not people of color <laughs> to think of uh, these these attributes um, the way I do, which is a little subversive. And it isn't what we think it is, right? So it, it isn't a weapon to um, force on somebody else. It isn't a, we're Christians, so you ought to be X. It is, what does this look like? and um, And is it you know, for lack of another term, tool that we have to express the Holy Spirit in our lives. And when I think of that, I think, oh, well, then gentleness is quite powerful. Self-control is very powerful. Mm. Um, Patience, I'm really bad with patience, is very powerful (laughs) in a world and culture that says you have to do it now. And it should have been done yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. And it should look loud and confident and whatever, that you are able to tap into these uh, characteristics and attributes that our current Western culture does not value, but does gender, <laughs> Um I I didn't write about it in this book, but I wrote quite a bit in Raise Your Voice around the story of Esther and how her power isn't in being this alpha male. It is very subversive. She is inviting the king to dinner. And how like stereotypical woman is that? And yet in that show of hospitality, is the understanding of trust and relationship. Mm. And to say in that moment to call out, you did not know that this edict went out in your name? What kind of leadership is that? Right? It's Mm. so subversive, but it is not in the way we think of power and authority. And so that's usually some undercurrent of what I'm writing is to say, this is not what we think it is. This is what the Western church says it looks like, or this is what U.S. culture says it looks like. But I don't think that's what Jesus is saying. Or, in this case, Paul.
0: Yeah, I think that's a gift, Kathy. I'm I'm, I'm actually, uh, I'll be stronger. I know that's a gift for for me and for other readers who can't see as easily the confluence and um, conflation of like a white Western culture, and well, this is what gentleness means, right? Or this is what uh, being a man means, right? As though that's right. something that is uh, this a cultural standard, yes, you know, right, right. That is shaped and normed, and et cetera, et cetera. And so, I, I do think that that your uh, your willingness to to talk about the fruit of the spirit as subversive embodiments. That create space for a for a new political economy, maybe called the kingdom of God, um, or love, if you will. That that's that's a gets a gift, and so I uh, I think this book has uh, if one of you wrote it, it would have been incredible. But the fact that you both took the uh, time to write it together and have it as like a dialogue, it really gives a polyvalent look at. What you're hmm. describing, and I think we are all the benefits for it. So, thank you,
3: hmm. thank, thank you. you.
0: Um, if people are interested in like reading other things you've written or finding you online, like are you know where would they do that? So, go ahead and go ahead and plug your pluggables is what I'm saying. Kathy, why don't you start?
4: Uh, I've been spending a lot of time on Instagram, but my handle everywhere and all of the social media spaces that we're trying to see whether or not they'll stick. Um, is at Ms. Ms. Kathy Kong. I have a blog. I'll probably be writing a little bit more in the next couple of weeks. Um, But I'm on the socials quite a bit. Yeah. How about you, Matt?
3: Yeah, and for me, my bar of entry is, can you spell my last name? Uh, If you can, you'll find either me or my direct relative's. Uh, but yeah, I'm on all the social media as Matt Michelatis. Substack, I got a little Substack newsletter, um, and Twitter and Instagram and wherever. Yeah. So you can, yeah, MySpace, you name it.
0: I was hoping one of you would tell me where to go. I, d- I need to be off of Twitter. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <because> <laughs> the yeah, right. Is sinking, and I, I was yeah, hoping it really maybe is. You could get. Um, uh, I mean, the we're engagement both experimenting is with so bad. Things, yeah. yeah. Where
4: are you? Most Matt, both Matt's. Oh, like what space are you? I
3: hate to say it, but I am still on Twitter all the time. Uh, bathing in filth. (laughs) It's, uh, (laughs) apparently what I prefer.
0: Yeah. I'm on Twitter and Facebook and I, I would get off of Twitter, except that, uh, there's like a, there's like a community you curate right in these spaces and to leave the space is to leave a, a community. Like, I've got a DM with somebody on Twitter, and we're going to go see a movie together this weekend. Uh, Amazing. Like, her and her husband and me are going to go see a movie. And that doesn't exist for me without Twitter. And so, even though I think uh, Elon is what's wrong with the world, um, I, 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 it's, it's really hard for me to just jump ship, even though I want to. Yeah. Yeah. And same thing, like Facebook is a totally different community, totally different right, kind of people right. there. So, anyway.
3: That's what I'm always like. Facebook is where my mom is, you know? And Twitter <laughs> is where I'm mostly myself, which is, I mean, really bad, actually. Uh, mm. But yeah, I don't know. Finding a new a new space is a challenge right now. Yeah. I'm enjoying my sub stack. It's like once a week I have a blog again. Yep. I uh, remember blogs. Anyway, I that do. was fun. Live journals. The good old days. Now um, they are emails that come to you.
4: <laughs> yeah, Which is I've, funny, because they used to be emails. And then they I know, it's were all blogs around. And I've then... been
3: experimenting with just writing letters and mailing them to strangers. We'll see how that goes. You, Chain I, letters.
0: I am I'm a big fan of Substack. I think they do a great job. The platform is great. Yes, yeah, easy to fun. use, easy to read. Anyway, the book is called Loving Disagreement Fighting for Community Through the Fruit of the Spirit. Kathy, Matt, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank,
4: thank you, Matt and Christy.
2: You and Ben have done something amazing for me. <laughs> and what? Yeah, yeah. What I'm sorry, I mean, I'm
0: laughing at you. I'm just, I'm uncomfortable. That's what I'm. Oh uh,
2: well. Uh, what I mean by that is, you know, we're talking in that podcast, and there are places where I can't really stand up for women, but you can, hmm. and you have. And for that, I am forever grateful. And I was thinking that when when Matt was talk, the other Matt was talking, and I was like, "Man, I just need to tell him that." And I know I've said it before, but I'm gonna keep saying it because yeah. it really has changed stuff in me, and I'm just thankful for that. So,
0: I'm deeply uh, grateful for that, Christy. Yeah, I, th- I think that was something. Just just to speak to that for a second. Uh, a lot of the things that I say, like some of the things we do on this podcast, but a lot of things I say in writing online um, is doing work that only I can do as a white dude, Christian pastor, white dude, for the sake of people that can't do that work. Mm-hmm. Or, or or like Kathy was saying, it's like, it's, like um, it's not good, it's not safe for me, it's not good for me. I'm going to I'm going to lose here in a way that's mm-hmm. not redemptive so I can't stay here but and that's the space I feel like as I think through what do I do with my authority and power how do I love how do like I can spend capital in those spaces and it costs me much less
2: mm-hmm.
0: right um, and, and and I just wouldn't want to say like Christy like you do the same thing like with we all do the same things with our kids, right? Our kids are in spaces where they, they uh, need to contend for justice or oppose injustice, and often as parents, we, we have less to lose in those places and more to give because right. there's not as much at stake as it is for our kids.
2: Yep, that's right.
0: I think this is how we learn to leverage our power and love for each other.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think so, and... And I just think that you and Matt have led the way for me in doing that. And mm. so I'm
0: thankful. Thanks, Christy. It was a well, good
2: interview. It was fun to talk to them. I actually wrote some things down because I was like, ooh, that's good. I want to think about that later. Um, I'm glad and, you
0: mentioned that. I, can I share with you one thing I wrote down? Yeah, do. And then, and then you share with me one thing you wrote down. Kay. Okay. Okay. I, I wrote down um, when, when Kathy said, when you said that, what were you feeling?
2: I wrote that same thing it's such a good question.
0: Yeah, it really is.
2: It's such a good question. And of course me and feelings and emotions and uh it's it's like my wheelhouse, it's like my thing. So. Yes,
0: but this is this is a way to when somebody is intending or not even intending, when somebody is impacting you in an unhelpful or harmful way. How mm-hmm. do you oppose that, right? Without using the same kind of force. Right? Right? How do you not repay violence with violence? And I think that that kind of question is a powerful opposition to what you're perceiving or experiencing as harm.
2: Yeah, and it's so much better than saying that's hurting me.
0: (laughs) You're hurting me. Yeah, you're
2: hurting me. You know, it's putting it back on them. You know, for them to answer it for themselves. Yes, reflect.
0: Come, let's reason together. As the, as the Proverbs person says, mm-hmm. right? Come, let's reason together. Yeah. That's yeah. the invitation is to, to grow in wisdom, but at the very least, uh, you aren't just fawning, freezing, fleeing, or right. fighting. Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I wrote that down. I also wrote down uh, when they were talking about gentleness, and you have to know if you are breaking things or <sighs> if you need to be stronger. Yeah, and I was like, "Ooh, that is so good." Yeah, um, that's yeah, yeah, something yeah. for me to chew on. So, what
0: kind of force? So, yeah, what kind of force? I was in a I was in a, a meeting a couple weeks ago where I got triggered, and i i had to I had to ask for what I needed, but because I was triggered, I asked for what I needed with too much force. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yep. So I was, I was a little more intense asking for what I needed than what within what the situation warranted and that too much force lack of gentleness did unhelpful work mm. so even though i i think i was um it was good for me to ask for what i needed because i was unable to ascertain like to discern like um the this this point here the amount of force i feel like the my pushing my my words did more work than i wanted them to
2: yeah. yeah yeah I think I need to learn how to be self aware of where when I am breaking things <laughs> yeah and when I need to be stronger, yes, because I think I go into situations or where I'm in a conversation and i I just do the thing that I'm just doing, and I'm actually yes. not thinking about what what is needed here um mm. and so there's to pause. I mean, she talked about pausing and and slowing things down. I, I think that's helpful on the on both sides of that.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, it was it was great, great combo, great book. You know.
2: Yeah. Ben's gonna be sad he missed it.
0: He will be sad, but he'll he'll get over it. He's moving today, so he'll. Yep. Next time we do an next time we get together for a podcast, he can tell us all about his move.
2: I know all about the new house.
0: Real quick, my son uh before I let you go, my son wanted to make uh, a new password for his computer and mm-hmm. he chose beef stew as his computer password. And I told Why? him I told him that that's a bad computer password. Okay. Because it's not what? strong enough. It's not strong enough.
2: Oh my gosh. I was like why is he telling me this? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you know, sometimes I think the definition of an idiot is you just keep going back to the
0: same <laughs> so thing. Chrissy, I'm this is the first time when I I feel like 11% guilty. I feel like I'm tr- I feel like I'm almost trolling you now. Like pick, <laughs> like picking on your good like, you're such an open-hearted, sincere person, and oh. I feel like there's a little bit of me taking advantage of that and telling A little
2: jokes. bit? I, think a little. I do not think it's a little bit.
0: Okay. <laughs> maybe maybe I need, like, a flashcard I'll hold up. Dad joke incoming. Oh, gosh.
2: Oh, man. All right. Thanks, well, for, thanks
0: for putting up with me. Thanks for putting what. up with my jokes. Yep. All right. Yep. All right Our see listener, you next time. See you next time. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Gravity Podcast. If you're finding it helpful, please tell your friends about it. Word of mouth is the best advertising. Ratings and reviews online also help others find the podcast. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. To join discussions about the podcast and lots more, join us in The Gravity Community. It's free to join, and you can connect with other listeners to the podcast that talk about faith, spirituality, and whatever else comes up. Also, Ben and I hang out there a lot. To join, go to gravitycommons.com slash community. The Gravity Podcast is produced by Ben Sternkey and Matt Tebbe. Aaron Sternkey edits and mixes the podcast. You can check out his mixing, engineering, and production work at aaronsternke.com. And we'd love to hear from you. To record a question or comment for us, go to gravitycommons.com slash message and click the start recording button. You can also email us at podcast at gravitycommons.com. Catch you next time.